Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we dig into Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, dive deep into the recent retro-inspired ninja action game Cyber Shadow, and more. My name is Chris, and this episode I'm joined by Owen from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Owen. Hi, how's it going? Great. And Camille from the Strategic Communications team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Camille. Thanks for coming back. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And we're going to dive into Cyber Shadow and the Nintendo Power Game Club segment and run through all the big upcoming Nintendo Switch games, and we'll take the Warp Zone quiz like usual. But first, I've been super excited to talk to you both about Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which launched on February 12th. And we're going to talk a lot about five cool new additions to this version of the game, including the new Bowser's Fury Adventure. But before we get into those details, Camille, how would you explain the main Super Mario 3D World mode in this game to people who might not have played the original version on Wii U? Like, what kind of Super Mario game is this? That's a great question. And as a huge fan of Super Mario, I, I may be a little biased, but I love that Super Mario 3D World incorporates a lot of the classic elements that fans have come to expect from any Mario, Mario game, like a variety of fun power-ups and enemies and really diverse environments. But one of the things I love about this game in particular is it's more in the style of a Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy type of game where each level that you're entering into is more of a 3D environment that you're able to freely explore, um, look for collectibles and things. So it's not a side-scrolling Super Mario game uh, like some of the uh, other versions are. But uh, what I love about that is that there are so many things to discover as you're going around. Lots of collectibles in this game, which I know we'll get into later. But, you know, as with any Mario game, it has a very colorful, fun, upbeat environment. And uh, this one in particular, one of my favorite uh, aspects is all the cat-themed elements that arise. Yeah, absolutely. And that certainly carries over big time into the new Bowser's Fury mode, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, you know, I would just add, too, that as someone who, you know, Mario games are my favorite series, basically. Uh, Legend of Zelda is a close second, but Mario still is at the top spot. And, you know, I love both the 2D side-scrolling style and the 3D style. I would say that this, this version is definitely a 3D Mario game. But, you know, if you look at something like Super Mario Odyssey, which is kind of open world, this one still has kind of that um, faster-paced, um, you know, kind of get-to-the-goal-pole kind of feel to it. So, obviously, you can take different paths to get there. But it still has kind of... Um, you know, for people who play enough Mario games that they would understand kind of the, the nuances of the distinction, I would say that it's it's still a little bit more focused on action than, than kind of open world exploration. But then again, you get a lot of that open world exploration in that Bowser's Fury mode. So those two modes together, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, I think kind of, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say it, but I would say they kind of offer something for every type of Mario fan. I totally agree. And Owen, you know, I'm sure you played the original Super Mario 3D World back on Wii U, and now you've been, um, you know, playing on uh, this new version. Uh, you know, what what's kind of your first impressions of the game when you first tried it? What's what kind of sticks with you? What is it that overall that you like about this game? Uh, well, I have to say, just playing it on the Nintendo Switch kind of makes a difference, and that's something I felt, you know, with playing uh, Mario Kart. A deluxe as well, where it's just, you know, you can play it in handheld if you want, and you can also play it on the screen, so it's got that versatility. But in terms of the actual gameplay, um, yeah, I think the, the speed, that's something that's come up a lot. You know, I've seen people have mentioned that that's kind of a new sort of feature to this game is that you can move around a little bit faster. I did notice that on the map, you know, even that sort of sort of addition uh, makes makes the gameplay a little bit more pleasant. But yeah, I mean, it is it is the same game, but you also have the online multiplayer. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's a really great aspect to it too. Absolutely. So, you know, I think as someone who's, who really enjoyed the original Wii U version of the game and, and played it a lot with my son, uh, played through the game, 100%ed it twice, I would have been happy just to play it on Nintendo Switch for all the reasons that you, you mentioned, you know, being able to play it, you know, in handheld, being able to play it on the TV. But now with all the additions, it's just made a good thing even better, in my opinion. So let's jump to those right now. 
I kind of teased it a little bit at the top. We're going to talk about five cool new things about Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And number one, I want to start with the online multiplayer because the three of us had a chance to play it together yesterday. And, um, you know, I've played a lot of local uh, co-op with um, the original version of this game. But playing it online, I was impressed by just how much it seemed like we were all on the couch together. And, uh, you know, it was three of us, but you can play up to four people. You know, Camille, I think that uh, as much as I've, you know, historically, you know, Mario games for me have been more of a single player experience. Now that we've gotten more and more multiplayer kind of elements added to some of the more recent games, I just love playing a multiplayer as well. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of multiplayer games, especially as, uh, you know, I'm continuing to look for new ways to stay connected with my friends and family over the past year or so. And uh, as Owen mentioned, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been one of my go-tos, but I'm super excited now to be able to play online multiplayer with the Super Mario 3D World uh, portion of this game. And like you said, it, it really is a, a seamless experience and almost feels like you're playing together in the room with one another. And the thing I like about multiplayer in this game in particular is it can be really friendly, you know, cooperative play, but it can also get really chaotic and fun. And mm. I don't know how you play with with your uh, friends or with your kids, Chris, but we can get a little competitive in, in my household. And so I, I love the speed boost uh, that Owen mentioned that has been added uh, for the Nintendo Switch version, which just really ups the chaos factor a little bit, I think, and makes the race to get coins and to destroy enemies and get the different collectibles even more enjoyable and kind of frenetic. Yeah, you know what's great is that uh, when I played the original version of Super Mario 3D World with my son, he was you know quite a bit younger back then and still kind of just getting into games. So this was a great opportunity for us to play together and I could kind of help him along. And you know I could even literally pick his character up and carry him over some of the more difficult spots, or he could just pop into a bubble and float along until we got past whatever tricky spot might have given in trouble. So we were very much looking out for each other and that we were playing co-op in that way. Now, though, we played some uh, local co-op on the uh, Nintendo Switch version, and now he just wants to destroy me at every turn. He, he's <laughs> His gaming skills have come a long way, and he wants that crown. If I've got the crown from having you know gotten the top score in the previous level, he wants to knock me down and take it. He wants to grip all of the uh, the the kind of optional hidden green stars, so he gets those points. He just wants to be that top guy on the scoreboard at the end of every stage. So now I'm experiencing co-op in a totally new way, and and they're both fun. Although, you know, uh, sometimes I do have to, you know, try to convince him to slow down if I'm if I want to check out an area and he's racing ahead. You know, especially with that faster speed we talked about. Oh, and what is it about um, either online multiplayer or even just local multiplayer in this game? What's your experience been? Uh, yeah, well, with the original Wii U version, I mostly played on my own. I did play a little bit of local multiplayer with uh, with friends, um, but yeah, it was more like a you know single player experience. So with this version, I am really looking forward to playing with family. You know who are way on the east coast so i'll be able to connect with them and uh yeah I, I mean you know you were talking about playing uh yesterday i thought it was pretty seamless too um like i was playing on handheld and uh i believe camille was too but um you know just even having a wired connection like it'll make it even more smooth so yeah just just looking forward to playing with them and i thought it was kind of interesting when we were playing yesterday i was a little like hesitant at first but then you know the second level that we played we were getting a lot more competitive so it's kind of interesting to see how it, it offers that kind of freedom like if you want to play competitively you can and if you don't want to you want to work together then you can play it that way too so uh, absolutely absolutely all right, now one of the other new additions, this is the second one on my list, is snapshot mode. Now in either mode, Super Mario 3D World or Bowser's Fury, you can just press down on the directional buttons or the D-pad if you're using a pro controller. At any time, you can just press down to arrange you know, a picture, move the camera around, even use the stamps that you collect in every level to kind of decorate the picture a little bit. And I just love these kinds of modes, um, especially in this game because even though, like you talked about earlier, Camille, it is a, uh, a 3D Mario game, it's not the type of 3D Mario game where you generally have full camera control. But when you go into snapshot mode, you're able to kind of spin the camera around to a certain degree and kind of get 
fresh perspectives on some of these levels, which have some really cool visuals, I think, and some really cool environments. So being able to kind of find just the right, you know, uh, usually for me, comedic kind of positioning, um, you know, it's a lot of fun playing around with that mode. Yeah, I have to say this is one of my favorite new features in the game as well. And anyone who played Super Mario Odyssey may recognize some of the familiar elements and filters within snapshot mode. But I have to say my favorite collectible in the game are the stamps, just for the reason you said, is to create really silly and fun images throughout the game and also capture surprising moments uh, almost behind-the-scenes moments of Mario and, and friends exploring this world that you wouldn't see otherwise. And uh, in Bowser's Fury mode in particular, I, I've had some fun staging some photos with uh, the various kitten enemies and uh, little wild kittens that you see uh, roaming around in the world, too. So a lot of fun to play around with in snapshot mode. I can't wait to see what kind of photos people have to share. Yeah, Owen, is this a feature that you've had much of a chance to try yet? Yeah, uh, I did, and it is very similar to the uh, the feature that they had in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and it works really well here. What I found was, you know, if you go up to the top of a lighthouse, you get some really good views, uh, especially when Fury Bowser is out. So I got a couple really good shots of him when he was when he was uh, raging. Yeah, I think I've been trying it mostly in Bowser's Fury mode too, but that that might just be because um, you know that's the because that mode is entirely new content to me. Uh, I dove into that and have spent probably the most time so far with this version of the game in that mode. So yeah, definitely a lot of cool sights and situations to uh, capture uh, with uh, snapshots in that mode. All right, now the third new addition on my list, and we, we kind of jumped the gun on this a little bit earlier, but it's faster character movement. And Owen, like you said, you know, you not only can you move faster, but the way it kind of running works in this game is you start out you know, after you hold the button to run, you start out going a little faster, but a second or two later, it really kicks in and you kind of get a boost. And so you now, you get to that boost stage faster, your your top running speed is faster. And it just makes the whole game to me feel a little snappier and, you know, kind of helps out too, like certain challenges in the game where you have to, you know, collect a certain number of blue coins within a time limit, you know, you can move faster now. And then, so other situations where you just have to get from point A to point B really quickly, or even when you're trying to jump uh, at the end of each stage to the goal pole and you're trying to jump from a, a tall block to get there, a lot of times that that um, that jump requires you to have a little bit of extra momentum built up. So in the old version of the game, I would just kind of run in circles, you know, until I could build that up, mm -hmm. which is tough. You can fall off. But now I feel like I have a bit of an easier time making that jump, which is important to somebody like me who really wants to like do 100% of everything in a Mario game. And mm. if I don't get that golden flagpole next to a stage on the map screen, I feel like I've got to go back in and do it again. And you only get that golden flagpole if you if you hit the very top of the pole at the end. So I've, I've been using that faster speed quite a bit. Oh, and what else would you say, you know, does that bring to the game or change about the game, having that additional boost? Uh, well, I would just say if you have played the original version already and you know the levels pretty well then you might want to speed through it so it, it's kind of like it, it kind of adds a different aspect to it when you're replaying the levels i would imagine it definitely blows any previous speedrun records uh, that people might have yeah, had on the original I'm version out of the yeah. water <laughs> yeah you could probably get through them really quick yeah it's also interesting to see chris with the added speed boost how that impacts each uh, character differently. As you know, um, each one sort of has a, a minor special ability. Princess Peach has a float added to her jump. Mario is a pretty standard character. Toad already has a little bit of a speed boost. And what I found the first time that I played uh, the Nintendo Switch version of the game is uh, with Toad, you really have to watch your speed and know where you're going because uh, it it really can quickly escalate to where you are just running so fast, you might fly off the edge of the stage before you know where you are. And it adds another layer of that fun, and especially in multiplayer mode, that chaos that I was referencing earlier, which I've really enjoyed. So I would encourage people to play around with the speed boost with the different characters and see which one best fits their play style. Yeah, I think that's a good point about Toad. I think it makes him a little bit more of a uh, I mean, anybody can play any character, uh, but you know, if you're an expert player and you're really going for fast times, or maybe just want to pull off some some tricky maneuvers with all that speed, Toad kind of becomes a a pro level pick, I think. 
Well, cool. So moving on to number four in this list of five things is new Amiibo. There's Cat Mario and Cat Peach Amiibo. First of all, Cat Mario and Cat Peach in this game are adorable. I love the cat suit. It's so fun to play around with. And I think the, uh, the Amiibo do a great job of kind of detailing kind of that fuzzy texture from the suits. You know, just mm. you know, the way that the details carved into the, the mold. And the Amiibo can unlock power-ups, I think. I haven't had a chance to play with this too much. So, Camille, maybe you can fill us in a bit more. But, you know, I know there's, for example, some special, while you can use a lot of Amiibo to get maybe some one-ups and such, there's some special functionality, I think, uh, for Bowser Jr. Uh, and particularly, and maybe Bowser Amiibos as well, particularly in the Bowser's Fury mode. Chris, I have to say, these two new Amiibo are seriously the cat's pajamas. They might be some of my favorite ones yet, actually. They're both brightly colored, and they're posed super cutely in their cat suits. And I love the texturing you mentioned, which really makes their fur stand out on the figurines. And on top of all that, they also offer helpful power-ups in the game if you find yourself stuck in a tough spot or simply want to power through a specific area. Cat Mario uh, will actually turn you into White Cat Mario and grant you temporary invincibility. And then the Cat Peach Amiibo will give you a random power-up item, which can always come in handy. And then, as you alluded to, within Bowser's Fury mode, you can also scan the Bowser Amiibo to make Fury Bowser appear, which can come in really handy if you're eager to get into battle with him or if you need his assistance unlocking or acquiring a certain cat shine. You can also scan the Bowser Jr. Amiibo to unleash a powerful shockwave, which is similar to hitting a POW block in the game, so it'll knock over a bunch of nearby enemies. So there's lots of fun to be discovered in Super Mario 3D World and in Bowser's Fury mode when you scan different Amiibo. Yeah, I've always been a big Amiibo collector since the beginning. So anytime a new game like this comes along where multiple Amiibo can do things, I just kind of methodically go through the ridiculous number of Amiibo on my shelf just saying, well, what does this do? What does this do? So always looking forward to more Amiibo functionality. Owen, are you an Amiibo mm -hmm. guy? Do you kind of uh, get some here or there for, for just, just kind of pick and choose or... Yeah, I do. I mean, occasionally I do have to be reminded. Oh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can use these things to get power ups uh, and, <laughs> and like special items and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, it's always a good bonus to to use them, enhance the game experience. Yeah, I like how it. Uh, you know, they're completely not necessary, but for those that that buy them, it does give you some additional options. Like you said, Camille, if if you're having trouble with a particular tricky spot, you know, being able to power up to get through that, um, you know, can, can really uh, be helpful. And then finally, we've touched on Bowser's Fury mode quite a few times, but I, I thought we'd really dig into it here at the end of our list at number five of the, uh, of the top new features. Um, now, this is a whole additional mode. Obviously, it's Super Mario 3D World I would describe as the main course still. Um, Bowser's Fury is, is, a, is a mode, and it's a pretty robust mode in my opinion. I played it for several hours. But yeah, like I said, it's, 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 it's just a great addition to those who've already played the original game, uh, the original Super Mario 3D World, or even those that are coming to it fresh, there's this whole other adventure to explore. And unlike Super Mario 3D World, you can freely move the camera around, kind of go anywhere. There's lots to explore. It feels to me like a kind of a mix between Super Mario 3D World and Super Mario Odyssey. And uh, Camille, how would you describe it? Yeah, I would agree with that. It has much more of an open world feel to it. And uh, you'll notice as you enter the game experience, you'll start to open up these different islands that you can explore, and you can seamlessly travel between each of the islands, and they all have different environments. So one might be icy, and one might be a little bit more fire and lava, and similar to other Super Mario experiences, there are a wide variety of environments to explore, which I really enjoy. And uh, one of the things I've been having a lot of fun with is riding Plessy around uh, to explore the areas in between the islands. And uh, again, so many collectibles to find within Bowser's Fury mode, including uh, the cat shines, which I know, Chris, I believe you have collected them all already, if I'm not mm. mistaken, which is quite impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I no, I, I couldn't put this game down until, uh, or this mode down until I'd done everything you could do in it. So, I, you know, I... I blew way past the number of cat shines you need just to beat the game and wanted to make sure I got all of them, whether they were optional or not, because they all kind of um, come with their own unique challenges. And the different islands that you collect them on are, 
you know, it, it, it really ranges to what those islands are and the kind of challenges they present. So if you're not going for all the catch ends, I feel like you're missing a lot of really well-designed, fun parts of the game. Yeah. Oh, and are you more of a, a 100% guy or are you satisfied <laughs> just, to, just to beat Bowser and save the day? Yeah, and uh, what I enjoyed about this mode, uh, or yeah, or this this you know this game within the game, I guess, is just the um, is just kind of cruising around. Like it feels like a playground almost, and you can just go from one section to the next. I mean, obviously, some parts are blocked off by the fury paint, um, but yeah, like Camille was saying, getting on Plessy, going to one place, and then being like, oh, there's a cat shine here. So I'm kind of more the style of let's explore this area and see what's here and what you can do here. And then I'm okay with coming back to that area later on as well. Yeah, and Camille, I love how Bowser's Fury mode, there's a lot of elements and a lot of enemies that you recognize from the main, you know, Super Mario 3D World mode. But it, the, the context that they're being used here and the, just the way the open world feels so much different from the main mode, it really feels like when you encounter them, it's a whole fresh, experience. And then maybe I should back up a little bit. You know, the whole kind of key point of this mode is that Bowser somehow has become giant and he's like covered in, I don't know if it's black paint or something, but he definitely seems even more out of his mind than normal. And he will periodically, you know, you'll notice that in the world it starts raining and then he'll just attack. And it's like this, you know, giant monster battle where he's coming after you and you just either have to survive or grab a cat shine to make him go away. I found that he'll go away for a while if maybe you can hide. And then eventually you gain the ability to kind of fight him one-on-one -on -one, even when he's in that big size. So, you know, that's kind of the recurring kind of pattern of the game is, you know, you, you survive these encounters with Fury Bowser. And then in between, you just do a lot of exploring and um, grabbing more cat shines. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned that there are a lot of familiar enemies, Chris, and they are familiar, but with a twist. And this is positively my favorite part of the game, uh, which is that everything is cat-themed in Bowser's Fury mode, from the enemies to the elements of the world itself, like the trees and the bushes. And I found myself, when I first started playing the game, so immersed in snapshot mode because I wanted to capture every cute little element and an enemy and the the cat-like features on some of them, uh, you might see fur textures added to enemies that traditionally wouldn't have fur. So I had a lot of fun uh, with the discovery element in Bowser's Fury as well and seeing how widely they applied catness to everything. It's led to a lot of cat puns uh, as I've been <laughs> discussing this with some other coworkers, which don't indulge me, but I may get into some later. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I do love that aesthetic, how they really steered into the whole cat suit, because I think that's one of the cooler and more fun power-ups or suits that Mario's had, you know, in, in recent history. So the fact that they really leaned into it with this mode, I thought was great. And, you know, one thing I haven't mentioned, Owen, is that Bowser Jr. plays a pretty big role in this mode and mm -hmm. not the kind of role you would expect. You know, what did you think about how he works into this this mode? Yeah, I think, well, he's a big help if you set him so that he helps out a lot. Um, and <laughs> I actually did kind of use him in that way. But, you know, if you want to be focused on getting the cat shine and there are some enemies in the way, then he can go in there, clear them out, and also pick up any coins. Um, so, But that's definitely something you can set, and I think it, it can reflect the, the difficulty that you want to play with. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an unusual position, I guess, for him to be in where he's helping you out. But yeah, I, I find it fun and and you can play a co-op with another person too. So yeah, I tried that with my son and he was kind of running around as Bowser Jr. while I was doing the main Mario stuff and he was taking out some bad guys for me or grabbing some power-ups for me. So it, it can be a big help. And then, um, like you said, you can kind of adjust how much Bowser Jr. will help you. I had him set for the longest time to like the least amount of help because mm -hmm. I wanted to do it all myself. But it was great knowing that if I got really stumped or there was something that was particularly challenging because of a lot of enemies or something, I could have scaled that way up where he would have, where he would really would have stepped in and given me a boost. So I think that's a great element to have because a lot of these cat shines um, can be pretty tricky to get, especially if you're going for all of them and there's so many. 
a lot of times you have to, for example, collect, uh, I think it's five shards to form a full cat shine. So mm -hmm. you're on like a little bit of an Easter egg hunt. A lot of times you have to get um, Fury Bowser to like breathe fire at you so he can destroy these special Bowser blocks that that will, you know, hide a, a cat shine. Sometimes you have to have a special challenge where you're locked into a battle to get one or they'll just be in hard to reach areas. So there's such a wide variety of, of things you have to do. And, you know, depending on whether you are better at platforming or fighting or, or kind of clever puzzle solving, you know, some shines may be harder or easier for you to get. So having Bowser Jr. to rely on if you need the extra help, you know, can really come in handy. Now, to wrap things up here, I mean, there's so much more to both modes that we could talk about. Um, you know, for me personally, I just, again, Super Mario 3D World on Wii U was one of my favorite Super Mario games. And I got to give a shout out to the music as well. The big band music is so good. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I love all the improvements that we talked about in this in this new version. There's so much to do even after you've beaten the game. And I don't know how much I want to get into for people who are coming to the game fresh, but there's there's a lot of content and a lot of levels up until beating Bowser in Super Mario 3D World. But beyond that, it, the game just keeps going. <laughs> and there's so much cool stuff that comes later. And and um, and like I said, even in Bowser's Fury mode, there's a lot to do after you've reached the point at which you could go ahead and beat Bowser for good if you want. You know, it's it's for somebody like me that just likes to dig in and do everything that that you can do in, in these games, There's there's just so much to do. And so I really enjoy these games and I'm going to enjoy so much continuing to play through Super Mario 3D World mode and finishing it off, especially, you know, playing with my son and maybe playing with some other folks online. So Owen, Camille, any last thoughts on this game from you? I would just say, I'll echo what you said, Chris. I'm really looking forward to diving back into the Super Mario 3D World part of the game. I did not 100% it on Wii U, so that is one of my goals this time around. And I'm also a completionist, so that's one in my shame column of the having not 100% it the first time around. So I'm looking forward to going back and getting those collectibles. And then, yeah, Bowser's Fury mode is such a really fun and different addition to the game and uh, absolutely worth checking out. Yeah. Owen, any final thoughts? Yeah, I would I would just say with the uh, fury mode, it's kind of interesting because at the beginning you're you're sort of scared when it you know starts raining and it gets dark, but uh, you can definitely take advantage of it. Um, you get these big spikes, big fury spikes falling from the sky that you can actually jump on to you know maybe get a cat shine shard or whatever. And um, like you were saying with with the blocks that he blasts away to find cat shines, so. Um, yeah, a little scary at first, but then um, it, it gets really fun playing through both of those modes within Bowser's Fury. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. That's a great point in Bowser's Fury. When when Fury Bowser does attack, it kind of changes the landscape again. You even you even get like uh, paths and ramps kind of lifting out of the ocean that you can take advantage of while riding on Plessy that weren't there before. And in some cases, um, some kind of treasure will appear that you couldn't get access to normally. So. Or even um, some of the, um, uh, what did you call them? Like the, the stone pillars or whatever that will, will smash into things, even up the sides of buildings can then become shortcuts to get up to places. So I did spend a good amount of those, those moments when Bowser attacks, just using those opportunities to ignore Bowser and get to where I'm going. And it's a good thing that uh, Bowser Jr. kind of stores a lot of power-ups for me in his little, uh, his little copter, because then he can just, if I do catch some, some fire or something from Bowser, he can just, you know, uh, pick me right up. Well, awesome. Um, we're going to move on now to player's pulse. Just a few days ago, uh, just for fun, we posted three polls on Twitter for Nintendo fans. And the first question we asked was which super Mario 3d world power up would you rather use in real life? And the two choices we gave were double cherry or super bell. Now, when if it was real life, which do you think would be more useful to you personally, the double cherry or the super bell? Uh, for me, the double cherry sounds interesting. I don't know. It kind of reflects what happens to me on Zoom sometimes, uh, where I have to, <laughs> you know, join a <laughs> conference with uh, from from two different places. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of cool, just sort of duplicating yourself, and then even exponentially, huh? I guess you can do that. Um, yeah, I, I really like that power up from the game. Yeah, they're both pretty awesome. But Camille, I'm going to guess, knowing your fondness for everything cat-themed, you might choose Super Bell. You know, this is such a tough one for me. On, on the one hand, I do like the idea of a double cherry and allowing one of myself to 
take a nap and relax during the day while the other self does all of my work. That is that is certainly appealing, but I am a huge animal lover and I don't know that I could say no to the super bell abilities. Being able to climb walls and have some cat-like quickness, although I'm not sure how my dogs would feel about me uh, looking yeah, like that, a cat. <laughs> that might that cause might... some uh, conflict at home. <laughs> yeah, that could be like the monkey's paw result of, <laughs> of that wish fulfilled. I got to go double cherry for the exact reason you said, uh, you know, I could be sitting here playing work and playing Nintendo Switch at the same time. So as it turns out, it was incredibly close, but the fans voted for double cherry 51% to 49% over Super Bell. So that is a close one. It was. And I'll tell you what, sometimes these polls aren't very close, but they were all pretty close this time. So moving on to the next one, we asked which Mario move is the most fun, the backwards somersault, the ground pound, the side somersault, or the wall kick. Camille, what do you think about this one? I personally am a big fan of the ground pound. For whatever reason, when that was first introduced, uh, I think it must have been Super Mario 64, I had so much fun just ground pounding my way through levels, seeing what could be destroyed with my bum. Uh, that was <laughs> endlessly entertaining to me, and it really comes in handy as you're looking for collectibles and things in the game. So... Gotta go ground pound. Owen, how about you? Backward somersault, ground pound, side somersault? Yeah, I'd have to agree that the ground pound is a lot of fun. Um, has a good name too. <laughs> so, but definitely for discovering things, um, you know, in the ground or just smashing boxes, uh, definitely, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, the, you kind of can't go wrong. And I'll tell you, I really like the side somersault, although I feel like it's probably one of the least necessary moves in a lot of these Mario games, but just kind of running in one direction and then quickly flicking the stick back in the other direction and kind of doing that cartwheel across the sky is just so fun to do. But out of these, I would choose wall kick just because I always feel like when I wall kick between two you know, surfaces to get up somewhere high, it always feels a little bit like cheating to me, even though that's what the game wants me to do. <laughs> but I just, I feel a little bit naughty doing it, which is great. But I also want to give a shout out to the long jump. Now, I, I wanted to add the long jump to this list too when we were putting the poll up, but we could only do four <laughs> options. But the, wall, the long jump is probably one of the least fancy moves, but I, I use it quite a bit. But the, uh, the actual pick from the fans was wall kick at 31%. Wow, okay. Oh. Everything else was in the 20%, so it was pretty evenly split between uh, the other options there. So the final question that we asked was, the best way to play co-op with friends in Super Mario 3D World is reach the goal together, everyone for themselves, or push them off a cliff. <laughs> Camille, I want you to guess what you think the fans picked. Hmm. Uh, this is probably my own personal bias coming through, but I suspect that by a hair, by a thin margin, they selected push each other off a cliff. Owen, what do you think? Uh, I think everybody would think that in their minds, but not actually say it out loud. <laughs> so, no, I think I think they would uh, pick uh, everyone for themselves, yeah. You know what? It turns out that the fans are very honest because Push Them Off a Cliff came <laughs> in it with 57%. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my yeah. people right there, Chris. <laughs> Oh, man, I got to tell you, uh, that can be fun for a while, but um, I'm not sure I want to play with many of those fans online. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to Nintendo Power Game Club. This is where we talk about a game that we all chose to play beforehand, kind of like a book club. This time we're looking at a game that just released last month, actually, called Cyber Shadow. Now, this game was developed by Mechanical Head Studios, which is primarily just one guy actually doing kind of all, uh, most of the work. Um, but they, he did have publishing help from Yacht Club Games, which of course is famous for making the Shovel Knight games, which are some of my favorite platformers. Cyber Shadow is a retro-inspired ninja action platforming kind of game with, I think, great pixel graphics and really cool chip tunes. And I wanted to really quickly read this brief description from the game's page at Nintendo.com. The world has been taken over by synthetic life forms. A desperate plea for help sets Shadow on a journey to uncover what started the path to perpetual ruin. Slash through the techno hordes, leap past traps, and nimbly navigate the ruins of Mecha City. Only you can unlock the secrets to your clan's ancient powers in Cyber Shadow, the quintessential ninja action game. 
So I want to start the discussion with a couple comments that fans shared about the game on Twitter. And the first comes from Joshua, who said that the game was very intense and challenging, though also very well crafted. You may find yourself struggling to get past an obstacle for a bit, but when you finally do figure out the trick to overcome it, it feels very rewarding. The farther you go, the more powerful you become. And then Nicholas shared a similar sentiment. He said, one of only a handful of games to be as good as any of the classic platformers in gameplay and better than all of them in the way it handles punishing the player for dying with decent checkpoints. It also removes lives to make for a quick reload after dying with no limit to death. So I think what we're hearing from uh, from both of these fans is, is what I would uh, echo as well, which is that this is a very tough game at times, but... Even when it's challenging, I think this game is just really fun and really rewarding. Camille, what did you think? Yeah, I, you know, Joshua's comments really resonate with how I feel about the game, Chris. And I'm a big fan of platformers in particular. And so I've enjoyed that element to it. But man, it sure has some tough moments. And Traditionally, my gameplay style, which may not surprise you based on my answers to some of the <laughs> players' pulse questions, is to kind of come in guns blazing, or in this case, you know, sword slashing. And with this game, what I learned is you really need to have a little bit more patience and identify the patterns of a particular room, the obstacles, the enemies, and wait for more precise moments to attack an enemy versus trying to run through quickly. Um, so it does require a lot of skill and some more pre precision platforming, I think, than some other games might. But I, I really um, have been enjoying it so far. I just got past the first boss and uh, we'll also echo what you said about the, the chiptunes. I'm enjoying the soundtrack thus far. Owen, what have you been uh, thinking of the game so far? Yeah, I agree with Camille that it was pretty challenging. I mean, the first area, you know, you can get through it pretty easily, I think. And, uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good. And then it definitely gets uh, challenging afterwards. But um, there are checkpoints um, and you kind of get special abilities as you get uh, go along. So you'll have to do a little bit more thinking of like, oh, should I use shuriken here or should I use the fireball here? Um, and definitely like check out some of the, the patterns of how you're going to defeat a certain section. A little bit similar to a game like Celeste, uh, although the difficulty is, is not, you know, not nearly there, but um, where you're just going to have to try a couple times till you get past a, couple, uh, a section. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Camille, what you mentioned about, or maybe it was Owen, about the checkpoints is they're hugely helpful. And not only, you know, when you find a new checkpoint, not only does that save your progress up to that point in the level, you also have the ability, if you've collected uh, enough um, currency in the game, to kind of enhance what that checkpoint can do for you, right? Like you can you can give it the ability to reheal your all, your life completely every time you step on it or to fill up your special meteor so, so you can uh, use your special attacks or even to give you like an additional weapon that will follow you around and give you some enhanced abilities. So in that way, uh, you know, you can kind of balance out the difficulty a little bit. For the most part, I would say that when I first started playing this game, and not to harp too much on the challenge of it, because, uh, it, you know, it's not like the entire game is, is, is one of the more challenging games you'll play. But I feel like initially there is an adjustment where it's not too difficult, but you, it starts to ramp up and you realize, okay, like you mentioned, Camille, you have to slow down a little bit. You have to pay attention to the enemy attack patterns, figure out the right attack for the right situation, and then you kind of adjust to the flow of it and you think more strategically in addition to the platforming. And then as you go into the game, um, it does continue to ramp up to the point where near the end, there are some really tricky areas. And despite the fact that they they're pretty liberal with the number of um, checkpoints that they put in there. There are some times where I'm just, uh, you know, I'm trying to get from one checkpoint to the next <laughs> and I, I I enter like the third room and I'm like, I can't believe I survived the last two rooms. I really have to beat a third room to get to another checkpoint. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this about it. it, it even when, uh, you know, near the end of the game where it was really testing me, I never for a minute wanted to quit playing because I kept getting slowly better. And then when you finally can kind of run through a big chunk of a level that used to be so hard for you and you're just cutting through it, you know, like a knife through butter and it's just so easy to you now. Uh, it feels very rewarding in that great old school kind of way. And so that's another thing about kind of the, the way this game is structured is 
at first it just felt like I was going stage to stage, even though there is kind of a map screen between stages. And then I realized, no, this is kind of an interconnected world, like a Metroid type game, but it doesn't drive you to do a lot of backtracking. I feel like any backtracking you do is really optional. And it's just, if you want to go back and maybe find some power-ups you missed. Um, so it's an interesting kind of mix, I think, between traditional, you know, kind of a classic, you know, stage by stage progression and a little bit of, of optional backtracking. Yeah. I definitely made a mental note of some areas I saw that I knew I could come back to, but didn't have the right ability quite then, but that I was curious to see, you know, oh, I wonder what that adds to the game or what power up might be there. And also found as I was exploring that, as with any good story involving Ninja, there are some false walls built into a lot of the levels, which <laughs> a couple of which I happened to discover on accident as I was frantically slashing at an enemy and then found a shortcut through a wall. And there are lots of hidden power-ups and um, sometimes other enemy encounters that you can find through that. So a lot really to explore in this game and come back to. Mm -hmm. And Owen, I don't know if you've seen much of this yet, but there's kind of a, a story too that that uh, you know you get little pieces of here and there. Yeah, I think you are freeing some of your clans people, <laughs> I believe, and that's how you get your special abilities. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of dialogue where you can uh, talk to people uh, along the way and kind of piece together more of what's going on. But uh, it's also an interesting vibe, like in the game. At first, I was reminded of Ninja Gaiden, and I'm like kind of from that generation of playing that game. But as you play it, you see, you know, you start to see it differently, and it does carry an aesthetic that's um, like kind of dark and interesting, and it also has that sort of uh, I don't know sci-fi sort of feel to it. So. Yeah, I think uh, just to kind of give some final thoughts on the game for myself, I think it it's a little bit like Shovel Knight, um, not necessarily in terms of gameplay, but in that I feel like they did a great job making a game that certainly appeals to kind of the nostalgic players like me who really like the old 8 and 16-bit aesthetic, but also still feels appropriately modern with some, um, you know, a good number of checkpoints, you know, widescreen um, and some of those um, some of those things we've come to expect from games. So, you know, this is one that became an instant favorite for me, and 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 I would strongly recommend it for fans of classic action platforming games. But just be ready to test your skills for sure. Yeah, and you know. one thing that I appreciate as someone who's maybe not quite as adept at this style of platforming game as you are, Chris, uh, is a really subtle but nice quality of life feature that each of the checkpoints features. And so if you get through an area and are like, whew, you know, that was that was a lot, you know, and step away and you know, walk the dog or what have you. Um, when you load the game back up again, the checkpoint has a very subtle little arrow on it that tells you where you need to go next and sort of reminds you like, oh yeah, this is what I was doing. And uh, I really appreciated that small feature. Absolutely. And one little tip that I just thought of that helped me, uh, I guess it would depend on your, your, your preferences, but when you gain the ability to dash, which you can combine into your dash slice move, uh, one of the ways you can, I think the default way to do that is to double tap left or right to dash in that direction. I found that for me, I was, I was, I would have trouble sometimes pulling that off consistently, or I would, I would do it accidentally. But then I realized you can turn double tap off and just dash with the R button. And then I was just a dash master. So, you know, I think uh, that may have just been my own personal thing, but it's great to have that option so people can maybe keep that in mind. Another tip is you can scan Amiibo uh, to get a power-up. You can even scan a Shovel Knight Amiibo mm -hmm. with that Yacht Club connection and get a little Shovel Knight following you around and helping you out. So, Oh, wow. That's a major pro tip. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's another way to maybe um, help get through some of the trickier spots, you know, if, uh, if you need that extra boost. Cool. Well, I'm going to move on now to the Warp Zone quiz. This is where we try to guess games that came out 10, 20, and 30 years ago, this time during the month of February. Are you guys ready? Sure. Ready as I'll ever be, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 10 years ago, uh, this is February of 2011, Nintendo and Square Enix created a sports game for Wii in which you could play four popular pastimes online with Mario characters, Mii characters, or classic Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest characters, and even use motion controls to make Mario slam dunk. Any guesses? A Square Enix sports game. Chris, <laughs> you come up with some toughies. 
That's hmm. a little bit of a deep cut. I think most people might just know this as a Nintendo <laughs> game, but Square Enix did uh, help out on the development side. This game included basketball, volleyball, dodgeball, and hockey. You might say that this game included a mix of sports. Uh, this is a little bit of a deep Mario. cut to start off with. Wait, you almost had something there, Owen. Mario. Mario Sports Mix? <laughs> that is it. Mario wow. Sports Mix. We got there. <laughs> oh nice job. Wow, okay. I knew yeah. I know you knew that from the from the moment I said it and you were just drawing out yeah. the suspense. Yeah, I was like, I was alive back then, so I probably played it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, as we get back further and further, maybe you guys weren't actually alive when we get to the last question. But <laughs> the next one up is 20 years ago. This is February of 2001. <clears throat> Nintendo brought a new RPG series into the fold on Nintendo 64 that added well-timed button presses to turn-based battles, battles that relied on jump attacks, hammer swings, and the help of baddies turned buddies like Goombario, Cooper, and Bombette. Any guesses? That would have to be the first Paper Mario. That's exactly right, Paper oh, Mario. Hard to believe, good. but Paper yes. Mario is now 20 well, years old. I was like, that. it sounds <laughs> like Paper Mario, but can it be that it's that long ago? Turn <laughs> oh my I know. Crazy. 30 years ago, uh, February of 1991, the clues are Acclaim published a side-scrolling platformer for NES in which a boy from a popular primetime animated TV series skated around town using cherry bombs and x-ray specs to stop invading space mutants while saying things like, eat my shorts. Any guesses? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons. That's right, yeah. Um, the Simpsons. Try to remember the name of the game. Is it just called The Simpsons? It is The Simpsons, Bart versus the Space Mutants. Oh, yeah, that's right. And what's really crazy to me is that uh, is that the show was, you know, it was a hit 30 years ago and it's still on the air. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and Eat crazy. My Shorts is still a really great. Yep. <laughs> I feel like we should, you know, that should just be said more these days, you know. There's no reason to take that off the table. <laughs> All right, now we have um, one final bonus question. This is an audio question. So see if you can guess what sound effect this is and what it comes from. And I will play it one more time. Any guesses as to oh, what that is? Is this a recent game from? or? It's not a recent game, but it is a first party Nintendo game. It sounds like a sewing machine. Oh, so you know I what? Say Animal oh, Crossing. interesting. I yeah. was thinking it sounded kind of like a helicopter. <laughs> it it isn't, but that's a great guess. I'm gonna play it one more time, and then I'll I'll say what it is. Oh yeah, definitely a helicopter. Is it it's... one of Yoshi's power ups from Yoshi's Island, or am I totally no. off? Good guesses, but this is actually the sound of Link using the long shot item in the Legend of Zelda Ocarina oh, of Time. Oh, okay. yep, you're totally right. And uh, I think the long shot is kind of the upgraded hook shot. They probably both sound mm -hmm. the same, but but yeah, that is a tricky one. I went pretty far back for that one. All right, well, great job overall. You guys uh, may have missed the audio question, but got everything else, so well done. It's a good lineup this time. Yep. Well, we're gonna close things out with game forecast. Before we go, let's take a look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that recently released or are coming soon. On February 11th, we had Little Nightmares 2 from Bandai Namco Entertainment. On the 12th, of course, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury from Nintendo. And on February 23rd, we'll have Curse of the Dead Gods from Past Tech Games and Focus Home Interactive, plus Persona 5 Strikers from Sega and P-Studio and Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tassos from Heliocentric Studios and Team 17. On February 25th, we have Ghosts and Goblins, Resurrection from Capcom. On the 26th, we have Bravely Default 2 from Nintendo. And at some point in February, we don't have the exact date yet, but we will have Capcom Arcade Stadium. And then on March 4th, we've got Sea of Solitude, the Director's Cut from Gemini Games and Electronic Arts. On March 9th, we have Apex Legends from Electronic Arts. And on March 12th, it's Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time from Toys for Bob and Activision. And on March 23rd, we have Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town from Marvelous. And finally, on March 26th, we have both Balan Wonderland from Square Enix and Monster Hunter Rise from Capcom. Uh, Owen and Camille, is there anything here that you're especially looking forward to? 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I played the demo with uh, some people online and, you know, pretty difficult game again because you have to learn all the various weapons, but it is fun even just being in that world and exploring and uh, being with other people. So um, I am looking forward to challenging myself, picking a, you know, a weapon that I, I can really get used to using and then and then jumping in there. And for me, it's got to be Persona 5 Strikers. I am a huge Persona 5 fan. It's one of my all-time favorite JRPGs. I love everything from the characters to the art style to the soundtrack, which is really incredible. And I can see in Persona 5 Strikers, they're infusing a lot of that same flair and style into the game. Um, and it is a continuation of the story. So a direct sequel that picks up after the events of Persona 5. And looking forward to seeing what kind of shenanigans some of these characters get into this time around. And uh, it'll be fun to play uh, with a different battle style. This is a Musou style game, so very different battle system than uh, the Persona 5 base game. So should be fun to pick that one up. That definitely sounds cool. Um, I think the ones that I'm personally looking forward to the most are the same ones that uh, I talked a lot about last episode. Um, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, which is kind of a... You know, I'm not entirely sure how much of this is a remake versus new content, but all I know is it's more Ghosts and Goblins with kind of a cool new art style. And uh, I've been a sucker for that franchise since the NES days, even though those games are very punishing and very challenging, but a lot of fun. And then Capcom Arcade Stadium, you know, just the chance to play some of those classic arcade games like Strider, Final Fight, the original Ghosts and Goblins. Um, really looking forward to that. And then uh, also, like you, Owen, I want to play some more Monster Hunter Rise because, you know, we spoke to a couple of folks from Capcom uh, last episode and we got to actually go online and play Monster Hunter Rise with them. And oh. I'm still someone who's nice. who's kind of new to the series. Yeah. And and so it was a great uh, learning experience for me to kind of start to get the feel for what this series is really all about. And I definitely want to check out more. So looking forward to that one. All right, well, Owen and Camille, thanks so much for coming on the show. I had a blast talking with you. Thank you. It's been great, Chris. Thank you, as always, for having me. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Great. We'll see you next time. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.